have some different messages as the Lord lays different things on my heart. And tonight we're going to talk about the church. We're going to talk about the indestructible church. We'll go ahead and read verses 17 through 19, but we will focus on verse 18 tonight. After Simon Peter gave an answer and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You know how these magazines sometimes have a cartoon strip in it, a little animated drawing. It's usually involving people. And then there's captions below the pictures or in the little cloud that, you know, beside the person or whatever. And so there was a, a cartoon uh, in a magazine and it had the preacher and he was preaching in front of the congregation. And then in the next scene, it had someone bringing the preacher a note right in the middle of his preaching. And then in the following scene, he has this grim look on his face. He quit preaching and he read the note. And the note said, we interrupt this sermon to inform you that the fourth grade boys are now in complete control of their Sunday school class and are holding their teacher, Miss Mosby, hostage. Possible, I guess. I don't know if Bubba's ever dealt with that yet or not. But, but nevertheless, there's always something or someone trying to come against the church. There's always something that's trying to harm the church. There are many cities and states that would love for there to be no church within its limits. There are states that would like to get rid of the word of God from their sight completely. There are those who want to see the church come to an end. There's someone I have the opportunity to engage in spiritual conversation with every now and then. And what I sum them up as and gather from them is that they hope to outlive the church. That, that they can last longer than the church, but that's not going to happen. I'll tell you what, though, there are some professing Christians. Maybe there are, you know, people in the church, not this one, I doubt it, but somewhere who are wondering about the days and times that we're in. And a lot of churches not meeting. Some churches talking about how they might close the doors. And maybe there are people who are just uncertain about what's going to happen. What's going to happen to the church? Well, we can be very clear on that tonight. On the most important institution on the face of this earth. The institution that the Lord Jesus Christ started. His church. The importance of His church is on a level higher than anything else 
we have on this earth. We're going to talk about how the church is indestructible, but in thinking of its importance, I found a, an outline for a sermon by Vance Havner. I'm not going to preach from his outline, but I would like to read his outline on a sermon concerning the living church just for a second. And he says the meaning of the church is that Christians are God's called out ones. The mission of the church is to preach the gospel, to make, to baptize, and to teach disciples. The message of the church is how that Christ died for our sins and he arose for our justification. The ministry of the church is to observe all things that he has commanded. And the commandments are summed up in believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and loving one another. And the church serves a great purpose. We could talk about the importance of the church and the purpose of the church all night. But for just a few moments this evening, I would like for you and I to consider a promise. A promise that is made to us concerning the church. And that promise is that the church is indestructible. It cannot be destroyed. Until Jesus comes back to the clouds, there will be the Lord's true churches upon this earth. And there is nothing that will interfere with that and change that promise that has been made to you and I. We have proof of this. We have proof in the scriptures. And we can go to a few places and see the prophecy that the church is going to be here, the Lord's true church, whenever he comes back to the clouds. We find the proof of it in the end of Matthew chapter 28 in what we call the Lord's Great Commission. And what we clearly see here is that the Great Commission was given to the church. It was not just given to the individual disciples that were there. I mean, they didn't... They didn't last a hundred years even. And the promise went far beyond that. Because Jesus says at the end of that great commission, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So do you see what has been said here uh, to the church about its existence and its perseverance. It will be here when Jesus comes back. Jesus speaks of his presence being with the church. And so we see proof of this here. The Lord gives us great assurance that he has been with his church throughout past ages, in the ages and times that we were in right now, and ages to come, the Lord Jesus Christ and his presence will be with the church until the end of the ages. We might consider... The Lord's instructions that Paul gave concerning the Lord's Supper. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26, Paul writes, When you eat this bread and you drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death. How long? Till he come. Think about, think about this ordinance that we observe and that we have. 
Instructions are to continue to observe this until Jesus comes back. It's a prophecy right here of, of what's to come concerning the church. It's to be established. It is established and it will continue. There's also a principle that we can look at concerning the Lord in the beginning and making all things after its kind. There's a principle of like begets like in the Bible. And you easily parallel that with the church. I mean, a church starts a church. That's how scripturally a church gets started. There is a sending church and, and it comes out of another church when one is scriptural and is started in the right way. OK, so so the church, the Lord's church is not evolving into something else. All right. What we see here is not only that the Lord's church is going to be here until Jesus comes back, but there is the true churches that are here and they are just like the first church. There are imposters around and there are, are, are those that do not fit in this category. But concerning the Lord's church, his first church is still going on today by way of the same kind of church happening. I mean, I, I'm in this church because I believe that this is that kind of church. That's why I'm here. I'm not going to get into some denominational debate on this or anything, but I will say that a lot of Christians have said very good things about Baptists in relation to the first church. And, and so we see a, a consistency here. We see a proof of the Lord's church being here until Jesus comes back. It's continual upon this earth, and his true churches are just like the first church. Proof of the Lord's church is also found in a prayer of Paul. In the book of Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 21, Paul says, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Look, if the church could be destroyed, then this Holy Spirit-led prayer of Paul couldn't be fulfilled. It's one thing that we pray, and God has something else in mind. But you understand, this prayer is the Word of God. And this prayer was inspired from heaven as Paul prayed. So we have in his prayer the understanding that the Lord's church will continue until Jesus returns. And what a clear understanding we have by the presentation of the Lord's church to Jesus when he does come back as the bride, okay? In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself. A glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Wow. Proof 
of the continuance of the Lord's church until Jesus comes back. That's what we have here. When Jesus breaks forth from heaven to the clouds, his bride will be presented to him. His true church will be here until that time. There's proof proof that the Lord's church is indestructible until the rapture. And that's really saying something because there's not only proof of it, there's a power against it. There is a power against the church. Look in verse 18 again. It says that the, it speaks of the gates of hell. Let me just focus on that phrase right there as it speaks of a power against it, the gates of hell. The gates of hell are against the church. And as we look at this word gate and we understand it in the Bible, what it means, we will have come to our minds power and authority when we think of the gate. Business was handled in the gate of a city, around cities, around towns, around palaces, and around temples were walls. And the entrance would be the gate. But at the gate, business took place. A lot of important decisions were made at the gate. Lot was at the gate of Sodom. That tells us that Lot had a powerful position. Lot made a lot of decisions in a high cabinet. It's a symbol of power and authority as we think about the gate. As we consider Boaz, Boaz took care of some legal business at the gate of Bethlehem. Okay? So, as we consider the gates of hell, we can consider that there is a power and there is an authority in that. And it has to do with the council, just like Lot was part of a council. And others who were part of this legislation and these things were, were part of something powerful. But what we have concerning the gates of hell is the devil and his demons. And there is a power in that, you understand? Because Satan is the prince of the power of the air. He is the God of this world. And Jesus has left his church in this world. And there is a significant power against it. He is against the Lord's church, Satan is. But we have a promise here. We have a promise that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the Lord's church. The devil and all of his forces cannot overcome the church. Let us look at this phrase and consider this as it Right there it says, shall not prevail against. It means evil is not superior in strength when it comes to the Lord's church. He falls short, the devil does, and, and all of his demons and all evil that would try to come against it. As far as to end it, it, it cannot happen. Nothing on this earth shall surpass the church in strength. No desire against the church shall ultimately be fulfilled. You consider the plots and the plans and the people against the church. 
It will not succeed. This is something we know by prophecy in the Lord's word. This is a promise from our Lord Jesus Christ that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the Lord's church. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is a promise that you and I can stand on, that we can be very secure in. Jesus Christ is God Almighty who cannot lie and he does not change. And so this promise from him that was given then is the same for us today. We are assured by his promise that his church is preserved. It's preserved and it shall continue. It shall continue until that sign of the second coming, when Jesus Christ comes back to the clouds, when he comes back to the clouds, his church is going to be on this earth. So we do what Hebrews 10.25 says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching that day of the Lord when he comes we're going to keep gathering back together until he does we're not going to doubt what we're doing and and who established this this was established by Jesus Christ and he's going to keep it here he's preserving it and it's going to take place continually until he comes back power against the church is attempted and there are some some effects against the church, but not an ultimate effect and not the taking away of the Lord's church. Eventually, all attempts are going to fail when it comes to what Jesus Christ has established. Power against the church will not succeed. And that's because of the presence in it. If you notice in this verse, Jesus says of his church, I will build my church. The church is Christ's. The church is built on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is that rock. Let us not play with the play on words that we find in this verse. Because we find that Simon Barjona was given a name Peter. And that name means Petra, which is rock. And then after that in this verse, you find that word rock. But what we understand and know is that these, this word has two different forms, okay? Because the name that was given to Peter means little rock. It means fragment of a rock. It means a piece of a rock. And then when we get to that word rock, it's speaking of something totally different. It's speaking of a giant rock. It is speaking of a massive stone. The church was not built on a man. The church was built on the deity of Jesus Christ. If the church was built on a man, then the gates of hell could prevail against it.
But the church was built on Jesus Christ. And that's why the gates of hell are not going to be able to prevail against it. All glory in the church is to be given to Jesus Christ. He's the one that is to be magnified. All credit for all things are to go to Him. Because it's built on Him. He is that foundation. Man is not that foundation. He couldn't be. And the church have the promises that it does. But we clearly see right here by the difference in the meaning of this word in two different places that the church is built on the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, may we rest upon this rock of Christ, this rock that Christ is. That's what Peter did. That Peter didn't mistakenly think he had another position coming that God was putting in. He rested on that rock, Jesus Christ. He rested on that giant rock as the little rock he was. May we rest upon him, on Christ, whose church is indestructible. Think about that. Think about such times as we are in. Yet, the Lord's church has no uncertainty concerning the uncertain things that are going on all throughout the world. It is indestructible. There's proof of it, we see, by prophecy of the word of God. That all power against it will fail. And the presence in it. Jesus says, lo, I am with you always. And he is that foundation we stand on. He is that rock. Kind of reminds me of the story of the man who was out to sea and his, and his shipwrecked. And there was debris all, all throughout the sea. It was a huge storm and the waves were crashing and the wind was blowing. And, and a crew went out to look for the man. They weren't very hopeful of finding him as they looked at the wreckage everywhere. And so they gave up and they started heading back in and, and they just kind of had to blink a little bit they couldn't believe their eyes they saw this man that they were looking for in that storm and that they get to him and they bombard him with questions with all of the waves crashing and and all of that weren't you shaken weren't you moved he said no but the only reason why i wasn't is because i was on the rock and the rock here didn't move and that's the same thing when we stand on the rock of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who established the church. He is the foundation of the church. And it is not going anywhere. Wow, we are, we are dealing with such uncertain times today. And that sounds so good to me. To be refreshed and to consider the stability of the Lord's church. It will not be destroyed. It is indestructible until Jesus comes back. There is no uncertainty when it comes to the Lord's church. It's preservation. It's power. It's perseverance. The Lord's church is perpetual. The, there's a promise that it's perpetual. As we continue going, who knows what the world is going to do, but we have a promise of what's going to happen with the Lord's church. It will be here. It will be here on this earth. And that's very encouraging to a church member. It's real encouraging. It's a blessing to be saved by the Lord and all of our sins forgiven. 
and to have new desires. We came into a desire for the Lord's church because He saved us. When He saved us, we accrued that desire that we might serve Him here, that we might worship Him here, that we might tell others how to be a member of the Lord's church by being saved. We love the Lord's church. We are in it as a member. And look, it's, it's not only important to be a member because it's pleasing to the Lord. It's important to be a member to be a better Christian. You're going to have a hard time convincing me that anyone grows in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ without a church. There are so many ways that we grow, so many ways that we have to function as a Christian in the church. I don't know anyone who has successfully matured without being in the membership of God's house. There was a preacher, and throughout the years, he had a question that would come to him quite often from different people. And that question is, can't I be a Christian without joining a church? And he was asked that so many times that he sat down one day and he figured up his general answer. He was going to give to anyone from then on who asked that question. He prepared an answer that he would give for the question, Preacher, can't I be a Christian without joining a church? And the, his answer was yes. Yes, it's possible. It's as possible as being a student without going to school. A soldier who will not fight for his country. A citizen who does not take pass, uh, pay taxes or vote. It's as possible as a salesman with few customers. It's as possible as a seaman on a ship with no crew. A businessman without customers. It's as possible as being a parent without a family. A football player on no team. A politician holding no office. And a bee without a hive. A Christian's life is to be personally linked in sacred covenant with others. Spiritually, with spiritual baptized believers in Christ to carry out God's commands. One can be a Christian by nature, but not a church member. But one cannot become more fruitful and more profitable in the work of the Lord without being a faithful, committed, active member of the Lord's church. As I, as I hear stories and I think about people, I talked to someone today I haven't talked to in a while, and, and the first thing I remembered about them was the very interesting job they had where they travel the world on their job. So what do I say? First thing I say to them is, how's the job going? And leave it to me to stick my foot in my mouth. They said, been laid off three months. You just never know. You never know right now. Things are so uncertain. And what do we do as anxiety would try to rise over the uncertain things in this world? Consider those things 
that are certain. Consider the precious promises of the Lord. How precious His church is to Him. How precious it is for us. And the perseverance that's going to take place. The stability of the Lord's church. It is indestructible. And it is here until our precious Savior comes back to the clouds to get you and I. Amen. Well, we're going to close in a word of prayer. It was good to see everyone in the house of the Lord tonight. I'm, gonna, I'm going to ask uh, Brother John Weisenbaker if he would close us in prayer. And, um, you know, next time a lot of us meet.